0: Before we begin, I'd like to just take a quick moment to let you guys know how much I appreciate the great team here at McCurry's Home Furnishings. They've partnered with me to make this show and podcast happen. McCurry's is unlike any furniture store in Sacramento. Not only do they carry the best furniture in town, they're also family-owned and operated for three generations. Did you know that McCreary's also offers complimentary design services? That's right. The same services, which could cost you hundreds an hour, are offered all complimentary with purchase. I love my furniture from McCreary's, and I know you will too. Now, on to the show. Just uh, great to be here with uh, you all out there, and uh, this is the Jerry Reynolds Show, and for those of you that probably haven't paid attention, that's who I am, and that's what's my show. woo And I've got a great guest here, very familiar to all of you in Sacramento, that is if you do watch television at all uh, or read anything, uh, Mr. Mark S. Allen, so we'll get to that a little bit, but uh, we are uh, in the beautiful studio here at McCreary's Home Furnishings. Uh, uh, here in Sacramento the studio uh, just a beautiful uh, setup here set up uh, for the this show and so we're really excited about that and hopefully uh you'll enjoy the show and if you don't then uh, we just don't like you much so uh, <laughs> so you'll you'll have to kind of get on board I guess so with that uh let's uh let's uh, chat a little bit with uh The star of the show, Mr. Mark S. Allen.
1: First of all, you deserve better. Second of all, I've been in TV like you most of my life. I've never had more comfortable seating than right here, right now. This is really nice. Can we give it it up for McCrary? Yes, sir.
0: You guys know how to seat. I'll tell you what, uh, I'm just as happy about the, the recliner that I got from... McCreary's. I they hooked I, you up. Oh man, that's the whole reason I do the show. Oh, I, I do. I have about three naps a day in it. You know, uh, <laughs> Mrs. Reynolds isn't as happy about that as probably she should be. But she said, you know, it's like every time I see you in there s- sleeping, I said, well, you know, I'm I'm old for God's sake. It's
1: all relative. Old, old people need their naps. Everybody needs naps. Yeah, like even the cast and crew of your show right now, all of them are on McCreary's furniture oh. napping right now. Yeah, that's is that's anybody that. awake? no one guy yeah
0: one guy back there well who cares (laughs) you know well anyway the a couple
1: of real important questions early on okay what does the s stand for schmuck i know it's it's a made-up name my real name is mark allen stell but i started out radio when i was in high school and i grew up in in odessa texas and I, I don't know if you know, well, of course, you know, Odessa, Texas, famous for Permian High School, one yes, of the most award-winning high school football teams in five-five football ever. Well, if you didn't play football, you tried to stay under the radar. So I changed my name so that people didn't know that was me on the radio when I is started Odessa. Is Dessa. that right? Yeah. Well, I'll be. Yeah.
0: I mean, I always signed my name Jerry O. Reynolds just because there's a lot of Jerry. Jerry Reynoldses, and isn't so Oh, okay. For autographs, I always put the O in there, which is my middle initial. Give it some distinction. Make it a little different, yeah. And so in case somebody tries to, you know copy my name somewhere or another.
1: Well, I started yeah. going by just Mark Allen, and then I had to join AFTRA when I was working in New York, and they said, hey, like you, they said there are a bunch of Jerry Reynolds. There were like 600 Mark Allen, so I had yeah. to change it somehow.
0: Yeah, that's what I figured, that that was the, the reason, but I didn't realize that, you'd, that you got creative even at an
1: earlier age. That was the case, and then later, one of my first program directors when I moved up to Sacramento was a guy named Chris Collins who loved the Raiders. Like, he even bought for like $250,000 Marcus Allen's Super Bowl helmet. And so he would always call me Marcus Allen. So then it was going kind to of float out as Marcus Allen. Uh huh. I got kicked out of a golf tournament one time with Marcus Allen because he thought I was mocking his name. Really? It's a, it's a true story. What's the tournament that happens in South Lake Tahoe every year? The oh, big, the, the go- celebrity. Y- yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I'm there just covering it. And we're doing a half hour show on it. But I was following on the heels of Marcus Allen and his foursome the entire time. And then you know people from Sacramento go, "Hey, what's up, Marcus Allen?" Right in the middle of his backswing almost every time. So every time he turned to hear the commotion, there'd be this idiot, this tall, geeky white guy over in the corner, me. And he came over and said, "What?" Well, and essentially just called me out for making fun of him. Say, so I, I wasn't doing it. It's really my name. Yeah, I'm, and I'm really famous. And who are you? <laughs> I say so I got kicked out of the tournament yeah, right about well, that time. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: that, that's a, that has got to be a huge that, that thing. You know, I always remember when it started, you know, what, I don't know, 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. Every year it just... My goodness, you know, with, uh, you know, of course, uh, Tony Romo and Steph Curry and those guys, I mean, they get so many big names and
1: they're really good players. Yeah. Some of the world, most world famous athletes and some of the most world famous television and film actors all colliding in South Lake Tahoe at the same time. It's amazing to me, you
0: know, with that particular tournament, it seemed like all the, the, just about all the best players are former quarterbacks. Right. You know, it's like, which shows you, you know, the athletic ability that you have to have to play that position. It's not just, you know, you just can't be a, a big, tough guy. You've got to be an athlete.
1: Yeah, and, and it's, I, I guess it would play into just the mental state of athleticism. What made them great at their sport also puts them in that mind game of golf, with the exception of Shaq. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know that well he, he doesn't have a great game. Well, well I mean, to
0: the golf, I, I mean, invariably with with uh, quarterbacks, they've been good in other sports. Yeah, I mean, obviously, linemen or somebody—sure, probably—are one sport kind of guys. I know basketball players; a lot of them are just one sport guys. They really aren't good at all sports. But to be a quarterback or, or say, maybe a shortstop in, in baseball, you've got to be very—you know—basically, you've played a lot of, a lot of different games. Right. So now, let me ask you. I thought uh, was your first job in Amarillo, Texas. Is that correct, or was born it in
1: Amarillo, but in the, in the middle of a, a tornado, as a matter of fact. And our parents, because our house was destroyed, moved us to Odessa, Texas. And so mm-hmm. I was raised in my Odessa. early youth in Odessa, Texas. Okay. Home of Permian High School. Yes. You're the so Permian it. Panthers. The Permian Panthers. And, and baby all... Jessica who fell into the well. Do you remember that? Anybody? No. No. You know, I do. I yeah, mean, I, I forgot where it was. The world was on edge, waiting to find out if Baby Jessica was going to get out of that well. Are you on edge still, or are you, are you? I don't. I was already in California, going. Really, that's the best <laughs> we can do. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> and then, then, then your uh, first job officially was in Dallas. Is that correct? Or my first radio job was in in Odessa, Texas. Okay. And then I started sending out, you know, scholarship applications and, and was able to get into school in Dallas. And at the same time landed my first big radio show in Dallas.
0: So you were going to school and doing radio in Dallas at the same time. Right. And no, let me ask you too. Like, when did you decide, you know, what age that
1: this, this is what you wanted to do? You know, was there a kind of a That moment. I was oddly drawn to the entertainment industry as as a little kid. Like I I used to get grounded all the time because I would sneak out of bed to watch The Tonight Show when I was like seven years old, which Mm -hmm. is pretty odd in itself. But I just wanted to do that. I thought, man, if I could get a job where all I have to do is sit around drinking beverages all day long and talking to people, that's the kind of gig I want to have. And on The Tonight Show, they always look like they were in a good time. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah, well. I mean, and look, you've achieved it. You pretty well, much
0: have. Yeah, well, and I'm not Johnny Carson, but uh, you're know that. But you right. I mean, it, especially that show, you know, I mean, with Johnny and all. I mean, you of talk course. about a, a comfort zone, you know, that we don't see anymore. Of a show, in my opinion, you know, they,
1: not so- not until the very show that I'm on right now. Exactly. Has anyone seen that exactly. level of
0: comfort? Oh, exactly. You know, of course, Johnny was from Nebraska and and just a small town. Where'd you grow up? French Lick, Indiana. See, not actually, a far Actually, outside of French Lick is rural route one French Lick. We weren't right in the city. OK. Yeah. So, you know, we were three miles and there's a little town of 50 people. Hillham, that's where where the uh, Reynolds estate was uh outhouse and all uh did,
1: did you have an outhouse Oh we had an outhouse yes we did look I don't have to, I don't like to, I don't want to dive too deep into this but in outhouses like did you have corn husk or was there paper utensil with we there? we <laughs> we had paper you know okay. not, not toilet paper but like a uh, Sears, catalog, Sears, catalog. <laughs> Sears
0: Sears catalog uh, so you know that's awesome <laughs> I mean the, the I've always said the, the biggest thrill in my life almost was when I was in second grade finally got to go to school in town and they had restrooms and so i'd be holding it on the bus you know be a long bus ride but i couldn't wait to to you know where you could go take a leak and inside was warm
1: but and if you look back at the life that you've had now don't you think that growing up like that makes everything in life you appreciate everything else in life that much more you've been all over the world with the sacramento kings following them and you've been in some of the nicest hotels with kings and and i mean Literally, you've hung out with not only athletes, but also royalty, people that come to these these events. You've been around it all. And as a kid growing up in the Midwest, in the middle of nowhere, don't you find that you appreciate it that much more? Well, I think you have to.
0: You know, I mean, I think certainly just my background growing up there and then, you know, going through the small college thing in and, and the real world. So, sure. uh, You know, to where... But now, you know, quite honestly, I I fully expect to be in four star hotels. You know? <laughs> and and, and of course, unless like I explained to my wife, unless it's on our dime, and then uh, Hampton Inn is plenty good enough. Yeah, exactly. That's the way to roll. Plenty good enough. That's yeah, everything. everything. But but yeah, that, no, you do. I mean, it's as you know. I mean, you come up from say humble beginnings, you know, to where you like say we oh, had an right. outhouse and didn't have running water in the house. That's and right. Things of that nature for. A few years until, uh, you know, I think my dad got a little better job and then and we could live a lot better.
1: I grew but, up in Odessa, Texas. We didn't even have an outhouse. We just had, you had to go find a tumbleweed and hide behind yeah. it. And the hard part is that you'd be squatting. You'd have to move as the tumbleweed was rolling along. <laughs> well, <laughs> <it's true. laughs> well, I think it's probably some embarrassing
0: moments there, wouldn't it? As you're a little, you had to be a little quick that tumbleweed. <laughs> <laughs> you but had to watch what you, you eat. You, you, yeah, well, I always say, you know, the thing about the outhouse that, that I never really talked about much, but me and my younger brother at that time, you know, it was real cold. Winter, you know, we wouldn't even go down to the outhouse. We right. just go to the back porch and there's always this kind of an area there that had a little little stink to it, you know. That, uh, <laughs> but you know, when you're five or six years old, it's like that's an easy choice to make. <laughs> you know, mom would always threaten us, but it's like, yeah, okay, well, I'd just about as soon take the paddling uh, as walk down there and f- freeze it off, you know. But uh, so anyway, when you got to Dallas, uh, any kind of unusual experiences there?
1: No, I was just using it. By the by, the time I got there, I, I had my sights set on California. When I was a kid, I told my mom, we took a visit to Disneyland, and I said, someday I'm going to move to California. Mm-hmm. And my mom said, California is full of crazy people. Yeah, well, she's with, right, you know. With crazy ideas, doing crazy things. Mm-hmm. And I knew at that moment... I got to live there yeah, you, for the rest of my life. Uh, yeah, you're a perfect fit. Thanks, uh, Mom. I, I always knew that I wanted to make my way out of there. So <laughs> when I was in Dallas, I was just like sending out resume after resume to, to L.A., anything I could do to get to town, and then landed a gig on the West Coast and moved to L.A. And,
0: and the rest is history. A major star, you, Bob De Niro, Al Pacino. It's,
1: it's... The rest is history. Started hanging out with them immediately. No, I, I had sent out resumes and landed a, a scholarship in L.A., and then a, my first full-time California radio gig there, and started working there. And within a few months, the the radio station I was working for purchased smaller stations all over the nation, and they purchased one in Sacramento. And they said, "Hey, we'll offer you greatest incentives if you'll transfer college up. We'll pay for the run of show for you to go to college, and we'll double your salary." And I said, "That's great." And I thought I was with a friend of mine that had helped me get the job, and he said, "I'm taking the deal. I'm going." And I thought, why? If L.A. is this awesome, how great must the state capital be? I'm taking that job. So I took it sight unseen and landed in Sacramento. We kept flying over and I said, where where is the city? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the state? They, yeah, capital? They,
0: yeah, I was going to say, now, what year was that?
1: 1987. OK, yeah. And my I, how things have changed.
0: I came to Sacramento in 85. Oh, and, OK. OK. And I always remember our first uh, thought, you know, with driving in. And it's like, wait a minute! There's a city, and there's no, there's no skyline, right? And and you all you see is TV in town. not saying, wait a minute! They have cable TV in French Lake, Indiana, in 1980, <laughs> and they don't, and they didn't have cable television in Sacramento till the late 80s. Is that crazy? The last major city in the world, probably or certainly in America, and I was just like, my
1: gosh. I remember when I first drove into um, w- drove away from the airport. They had someone pointed out like something that looked like an abandoned strip mall, and that was the old arena. Yeah, like hadn't they just moved into the new arena right about the time '87 rolled around?
0: Yeah, that was. I think they were just finishing. I believe that might have been the first year. Yeah, or, or or they were finishing it up anyway. And and of course, I of course I'm older than you and been here a little longer. Is that that the the original little tiny arena? You know, the ten thousand. Yeah. And then, then where the, the, the second arena was, I always remember Reggie Theus going out there to shoot uh, pheasants. You know, <laughs> and now, which is obviously north of the
1: Tomas. And they, yeah, no kidding.
0: Know, totally built up and the whole bit.
1: Like back in the day when I moved here, like Roseville, you'd pack a lunch. Like you would gather supplies, maybe even get a tent if you were making the long journey to Roseville. Yeah. And well, now this is well, well, kind yeah, of all we, grew together. You
0: know, my wife and I moved out there 30 years ago, and, and there wasn't a Granite Bay. Even I, I think you know they It was just a, a plan to be. Oh, really? Yeah, and then so, you know, which you know it's fine. But I mean, it's amazing just how it, how it has changed. As you say, you know, I mean, I like got Roseville was forty thousand people when we moved there, and now it's one hundred and forty. And quite honestly, you know, not a lot of reason to go downtown yeah. Sacramento other than the Golden One to ball games and things, you know. But even though it's doing a marvelous job of developing. The city, I think. sure. But uh, now, I had a somebody pointed out to me that among your other talents, and obviously a very multi-talented person, was uh, that you were a ventriloquist. <laughs> <laughs> sorry
1: (laughs) and uh, that would be howard my producing partner over there Howard, well he's a he's a kind of troublemaker anyway yes he knows howard bird knows that he's it's true when i was a kid um because you'd see stuff on the tonight show you would see jay i can't remember his name but jay and bob that were on the tv show soap um you would see willie tyler and lester Mm -hmm. you'd see the the kids looking google on kids they used to be ventriloquist but i thought wow so that might be my road into show business Truth be told, I broke my leg when I was in a ski accident when I was seven and couldn't do any PE activities. And they parked me in a library and I started reading books and one of the books was on ventriloquism. So I Mm -hmm. learned how to do it at a young age and then started doing ventriloquism. Put myself like my first year of college, I supplemented with radio and doing ventriloquism.
0: Now, I mean, did you did you have uh, regular places you went to do
1: shows and things of that nature? Um, You know, birthday parties, bar mitzvahs. by very popular bar mitzvahs like Uh what kid goes mom get me a ventriloquist this is going to be a party Uh um no in fact doing ventriloquism guarantees that your virginity is going to be around for a long long time (laughs) as it turns out i did not realize what a setback that was going to be our probably would have had that as a hobby we we do sympathize with you you know hopefully you figured that out for too long i know yeah i got around it i I, I, my first dummy was hand carved to look like me at that age and then somewhere recently, someone had found a picture of my son at about eight years old next to my dummy. They look identical. It's eerie. There's a horror movie in that somewhere, Howard. <laughs> we should do that. That would be that would be a, an
0: excellent premise for a horror movie. So yeah, you I, know, did, I did Ventura? I, I don't know. You know, I, I can't. Don't want to get too personal with your life. But let's see what what else I was gonna, talking about. Uh, oh, I know what what I wanted to ask you about. In 1988, in uh, you went up on a billboard supposedly yes. uh, for muscular disc It happened, I think. yeah. And as I understand, you were supposed to be going to be up there twenty-four-seven for a month or something like that, or a yeah, week, a I month. though and and within three days, you fell and broke your legs and about every bone in your silly body. Right, that's exactly what happened. And even more
1: amazing, you went back up. Yeah, it was like I, I was afraid I was going to get fired. It was, we had pitched this stunt to the Muscular Dystrophy Association, and they said, okay, let's do it, where I went up on a billboard and broadcasted my radio show from the billboard every day, every night for a month. And then three days into it, it was the weekend, and State Fair was taking place, and this was probably about 2 o'clock in the morning. I hear people yelling and I had this little, the platform that I was on was half the size of this desk with a tiny little pup tent. And I was on it and I came out on the platform and I looked down and it was just some guys that had come out of a bar and they wanted to prove there was a guy up there and like, you're not really up there. And I came out of the tent and said, I'm really here and it's to raise money for muscular dystrophy. You'd like to make a donation. And so I would lower a bucket down over the edge, connected to a rope. They would put money in it. And I started to pull it up, and these guys are schnockered and decided to mess with me and yanked on the rope and pulled me off. And so I wow. fell, uh, instantly broke two bones in each foot, broke my legs, uh, broke a kneecap, concussion. And uh, there, there was also a car passing by full of Encino High School football players. I don't know why I remember that, but Encino is no longer a school as... Maybe, I think it's a continuation school. Anyway, they saw the whole thing happen. And I said, you guys, you've got to get me back up there. I'm going to get fired. Because technically, I was supposed to be wearing a safety cable. Oh. And wasn't thus the fall. I'm going to get fired. you got to put me back up there. So they put me back up there. And I sweated out through the night. And then the next day, the promotions director, a guy that's still in town, Mike Rogers, came by and said, you look horrible. What's wrong? I fell off like... And so they called the American River Fire Department, now SAC Metro. They lifted me off, got me to the hospital. I got casted up, and then I said, put me back up. So they put me back up about three hours later. Wow. And I stayed the remaining days.
0: So what you're telling me is you're you really not a big fan of load management. Not so much. Not really. That, that's an amazing. I mean, really, there's there's a point there where you'd say, I don't know about this job. Did you did that cross your mind?
1: Well, I mean, I, I love what I get to do. I don't take I, I'm one of those guys that in lieu of talent, I'm committed. And so mm-hmm. I was committed to doing it and I wanted to do it and, and wanted to follow through. And also at that point, you you're deeply embedded personally, because at, the, at that point, you've met some of the kids who are being benefited by this. Um, and I didn't want to let them down. So mm-hmm. I went back up mm-hmm. and sweated out. And frankly, there was a tremendous amount of codeine involved at that point.
0: Yeah, well, I was going to say there have to be. My gosh, I, I, that's an amazing story, though. I, I just trying to think of when I heard that, you know, is there anything I've ever done? Anything? No. I mean, I remember as a coach in small college, once I kicked a chair and it was bolted down and broke. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, one of those deals you're going to show off and think I'll kick his chair and and the chair didn't move and right. It's like you know, early in the half and it just broke my big toe as it turned out, you know. And I don't remember assistant coaches said something like. You all right? I said, hell no, I'm not all right. <laughs> I said, well, we're not going to call any timeouts either. We're going to get through this till oh, the half. Man. You know, And I, but uh, that's a whole lot different than having. But anyway, that was, uh, of course, makes you it, more embarrassed than anything. You is know?
1: it funny? Like anytime you throw like a, a fit of rage or whatever, you're always going to kick like the chair that's bolted down. You're always going to punch the wall right where a stud is. Yeah. There's yeah, always something you, to life telling you not to behave that way. Yeah, well, you reap what you sow. That's the. Well, That's you know, right.
0: I mean, I think there's a little truth in that. You know, if you want to act like an idiot, then you'll get what an idiot gets.
1: You know, I mean, I like Ron White always says, uh, you can't fix stupid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be here had I not fallen off that billboard. I wouldn't be here talking to you right now. It was a really slow news week, and I fell off. And so all the TV stations in town, KCRA, KXTV, Fox 40, Channel 10, um, they, they all came out to do live shots from this place where this idiot was living on this billboard. KCRA started doing like broadcast from the billboard. They did. Shelly Monahan was the weather person, and she did her weather report oh, every yeah. night. Sure. And then um, the CBS affiliate, which at that time was Channel 10, did a story on it that get picked up by the national network and a guy named matt chan who was producing pm magazine and creating an adjunct show for young adults called scratch called and said hey i i saw you uh on the news having fallen out that billboard i think you'd be right for my show you want to be a part so he hired me sight unseen to do this kid's show called scratch of course was, but that's a catch. 22 though i mean you're right probably it helped you obviously in your career. i would have jumped had i known this was going to happen but but i mean
0: it's also true you could have died it's true. Right. And so that would not have helped your career. Had I died, my work would have been better. I guarantee. But, you know, I mean, you know, there'd be a little memorial of some type to you, I would assume. It, it would have been a blip.
1: There no, are many I mean, people. It, I don't know if you have trollers on your show already, but they're all jumping on right now going the world would have been a much better place. <laughs> yeah, well, it didn't happen. <laughs> I'm well, sorry.
0: as you know, yeah, with, uh, you know, with the way uh, the Internet is the, these days and all that, uh, you know, there's going to be somebody
1: saying "Ah." That that kid show that I was on Scratch. Um, the other two people, Lisa Ling, went on oh, to become yeah. Lisa Ling, world famous, renowned journalist. Yeah, uh, partnership with Oprah Winfrey and like a show on National Geographic. Well, you've CNN. been you've been around.
0: I mean, just about every. Super famous celebrity in America at one time or another, it seems to me, right? I mean, I, I've had the pleasure.
1: Of... I've loved movies my whole life, and I've had the pleasure of of intertwining that into my broadcast situation. So having done a syndicated movie show for the last 25 years, I've been on the set of pretty much every single tentpole movie imaginable. Well, you've got, uh, as I, six Emmys? Yeah.
0: I mean, my, my gosh, that's...
1: It's shocking. You look at me like, how the hell did this waste of a human being get six no, that didn't. Grow- I saw the look in your face. I, I,
0: no. I,
1: but it happened. I don't know I, how it I, happened. I, I, I would say, well, one or two, maybe. <laughs> six? How did they, this guy get they, six? They, they, they could have blinked an eye. You know, I mean. They obviously didn't check the reel before they gave it. Yeah, I mean.
0: Were they, were they just handing them out like candy? <laughs> they, they were they just
1: handing them. It was a really bad you could, year at the end.
0: I was thinking when I read that, like, you could be like Kramer on
1: Seinfeld. You could walk around carrying your image. you know. No, <laughs> like I yeah, nobody believes it, so I want to carry him around again. Yeah. No, it really look. It really happened. Well, see. For just for your information, not that you, I've got two. I know for sports broadcasting, but but just two. But well, I, I mean, mean, if you got six, it's because it, like your team probably submitted you, and then they got you the Emmys, and now they moved on. They forget but how many yeah. times they submit Grant. Oh, probably. 25, 30. He's got two also. You don't know, see. You Three, probably four. were submitted twice and won both times. Well, I think, you're on batting 100%. Actually, I
0: think I got him his two. <laughs> exactly. You're right. That's the way I'm, that's my stance. Let's, he
1: owes me his two. Let's on oh, you're going to have trolls now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Grant team's online right the now. The Grant team's don't, on the
0: No, I mean, obviously, I, you know, I am the beneficiary of working with Grant. He says, you know, a real, like yourself, I mean,
1: real pros in the business. You know, there's training involved. Do you guys? I told you like, earlier when I came in backstage. I told you earlier that I, I get happy when I see you, and it's just because having like I can't think of Sacramento television without thinking of you. I can't think of Kings or, or NBA coverage without thinking of you, and so well, that's nice. That association of which you and Grant side by side, and then to have the joy of having you in the movie that Howard and I made. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's very fulfilling. Thing. That was really, uh, really a neat deal.
0: Obviously. Uh, uh, Ball Busters. Uh, That's right. Uh, you and Howard Bird i uh, have been involved in, I don't know how many movies, a whole bunch, I'm sure you
1: can tell. us Six now, Ball Buster coming out this year, 2020, uh, probably late second, third quarter, 2020. Uh-huh. And uh, I know,
0: I think Howard, uh, who, who, who unfortunately we'll talk to at a later date. Uh, right. you know, Wait, did you in... say
1: fortunately or unfortunately?
0: Either way. Yeah, either, either way. It depends on where You it's... can spin that by any way you want to. But uh, I know he's involved in a few more, but now... How was? how did you get involved in movie making? Obviously, your background, you, you know, everybody in the in the business, that's for sure. And I mean, I'm sure that's a great advantage.
1: Well, I've got a, a lot of friends that are in the industry that have done really well in the industry. And I had always thought that my opportunity to get into the industry had passed. I told my mom when I was a kid, I wanted to make movies for a living. Uh, my, I used to make stop, go animated movies in elementary school. And then just, you know, grew up and out of it and thought that that moment had passed and had a lot of friends in the industry. But I, I didn't know if I wanted to go into the industry uh, to fail. And then Howard, about eight years ago, said that he was going to cross over into the industry and really taught himself in short order, not only how to get into the industry, how to succeed in the industry, but also sort of recreated uh, the way movies are made. He developed his own sort of sub studio system that was working, and I mean, full disclosure, about four and a half, five years ago, I had an incident where I had a DUI, needed to re-examine the way I was living life, and changed my life, got things in order, and Howard was one of the first friends to say, are you ready to jump in? Are you ready to make movies instead of talk about them? And brought me on board as a a very small associate producer job on Notorious Nick, this MMA movie. Mm -hmm. And while that was in early pre-production, I was uh, with Warner Brothers promoting Conjuring 2, a big horror movie they had at the side of the Preston Castle. And so I'm watching that on the screen, but then turning to this castle and I thought, this needs to be a movie. And having been to the castle many times over the last few years, I knew that it had some inherent horror stories that needed to be told. Called Howard. Before I got to his house, he had done the research and said, I saw the castle, we're making that movie. And so we made that movie pre-production to post to finishing the movie uh, just in time to roll into actual production on Notorious Nick, so we literally squeezed that movie in in between that and making. Yeah, it's amazing how many how many
0: guys have turned out in such a short time. And by the way, weren't you in a movie? Uh, you had a, a a small role in. Uh... Let me look at these notes. What exactly are you well,
1: you know? I I, <laughs> we, uh, I I don't even have that, but I remember. Reading, been, I thought I read it on. Uh, so having. Uh, Doing movie coverage, going to these sets. Often directors will say, hey, since you're here, you want to be in? And so I was in F- Fantastic Four and Independence Day and, and a few yeah, other movies. Independence Day, the resurgence. Right? right. However, um, when Howard and I started making movies together, we decided there's nothing wrong with doing a Hitchcockian moment and, and sort of inserting ourselves. See if people don't blink if they see us in the movies. So we started dropping ourselves in. Yeah. Well, a I can understand and you
0: being in. I'm not sure about Howard, you know, but, <laughs> but uh, Howard's yeah. a, a
1: tall, handsome man. He deserves to be in the movie. He, yeah, He is the, tall. Yeah. The, the yep. problem yep. with Howard is that you can't really sneak Howard into a movie because it, he's like Chewbacca size. He is. Yeah. yeah. How tall are you? Eight feet? Uh, six, four. But ask him what he played in Ballbuster. Yeah. What? Yeah, For what? those of you who can hear Howard off mic, he said, ask Mark what he played in Ballbuster. What did you play in Ballbuster. We're on a conference call with our director, Tommy Hines, and there's a role that we haven't cast. It's a small role, but it's a pivotal role in the movie where someone at this special charity game described as ugly woman in stands throws an object at Jerry O'Connell. Can you believe this? Like if, if we, yeah, if we say, all right. So the scene calls for an ugly woman in stand to reach into a purse and throw a giant dildo at Jerry O'Connell. And Tommy goes... No, Howard said, Mark, why don't you play that part? And we all chuckle on this conference call. And then Tommy said, would you do it? All right, why not? So I ended up being ugly woman in stands throwing a aforementioned object at Jerry O'Connell. Now, it's supposed to land at his feet, at which he picks it up and walks it back over to ugly woman in stands. So very first take. Tommy goes, and action. Dildo. Boom! Whacked Jerry O'Connell in the head. Like not even a half hit. It knocked him sideways. <laughs> and Jerry O'Connell, being the pro he is, stayed in character and finished the scene, and that's the take that ends up in the movie. Now that I mean, not
0: anybody could play that role though. I mean, you know, I mean, let's face it. I mean But We could have uh,
1: cast a woman. You well, but you no. But uh But I will say, Howard, did I accomplish playing an ugly woman in stands? I made a very ugly woman.
0: And and by the way, for those of you that are still watching, uh, Howard is in the studio. That's one of the reasons we're talking to Howard and making a little fun of him. That's right. But we would, uh, even if he weren't here, we would still make fun of him. With love.
1: Love and peace. With love and respect. That's right. With love and respect. So you're in the movie. Is this your first role in a major motion picture? A, a speaking role?
0: Okay. Yes, I, you know I, uh grant and I had a speaking role in in LeBron James's first Nike commercial. Oh, no kidding. Which was very lucrative in fact. I've always been a LeBron James fan ever since. <laughs> uh so we did that and then I we we had a little st- a, we were had a non-speaking role I think in an Adam Sandler movie where we were down in LA. Waterboy? No, you know I I, I don't even remember. <laughs> but but anyway, the the director had us said, we want you guys in the background here because I think Adam was just at the game and as part of the movie. Oh, OK. Some movie, you know, Laker game. And so but we want you guys in in the shot. Yeah. So we
1: were in the shot. So, you know, I, how did you experience on that set compared to your experience on our set? Well, just nothing. I mean, obviously, the your set was much more fun,
0: you know, I mean, and seeing Jerry McConnell t- uh, trying to play basketball, that in itself was a joy. I mean, We didn't really think that one through, but he delivered on the comedic side. Yeah, well, I was going to say, well, actually, it's amazing how by using the stunt double and all. I mean, because I mean, he he couldn't play Dick, you know, I mean, he, <laughs> can you know? You I mean, and, uh, but the, the but by it's amazing how
1: you can, can combine it and kind of make it look like he actually could play. Right. We surrounded him by some people that could play. But you, you guys were great. I mean, there is whether or not you live in Sacramento or know you and your performance with Sacramento Kings the moment you appear on screen suddenly it really leans into looking like a legitimate game
0: well yeah you know, I thought you know obviously with Grant uh, we've been together so long like an old couple so it's right easy, easy just to you know, it's like it's a king's game, kind of, and and so we just played it that way. And of course, I was excited. It was it was legit because I, I was getting paid. You know? <laughs> I mean, that brings joy. I mean, that's true joy. I've always said the two most of the joyful joyful things in my life now are. The third uh, Wednesday of the month, I get Social Security <laughs> and, and I used to get per diem envelopes when you go on the team plane. I mean, that those are joyful times
1: to get the envelope. Oh, get that envelope of cash. Well, you were remarkable in it. And I know we invited you to one of the test screenings of it. How was it watching your film? I, I thought the best part was me and Grant, actually. <laughs> uh, Ladies and gentlemen who haven't seen Ballbuster, I want for you, I, I know this isn't a dog and pony show, but I would love to see, break off a sample of your moment in the film. What's yeah. one of your big lines? Uh, I love Royals basketball or something like that. I promised I wasn't going to cry. I love it. See so <laughs> yeah. you deliver the dialogue. Something it was beautiful.
0: Just, uh, but it, it was a, an emotional moment. Because the fact is, I of course, I grew up being a Royals fan, Cincinnati Royals. Of course. Which are now the... Sacramento Kings.
1: So you grew up loving Royals basketball. I did grow up
0: loving Royals basketball and, and Oscar Robertson, uh, maybe the greatest player to ever play.
1: Uh, certainly one of them. Well, this year we're rolling the film out. And, you know, as much as it it isn't a basketball movie, it's more about heart and journey and redemption. It is also a basketball movie. How do we tell people about this movie this year? How would you describe it? Well, it's a comedy about,
0: uh, uh, you know, redemption courage fighting back come overcoming adversity screwing up a lot got it i didn't know know if you're gonna say kind of uh real life actually you know kind of like what our lives (laughs) (laughs) mine especially (laughs) well no i was gonna say anybody well anybody over 40 understands i always say you know it's like okay you if you don't have some screw-ups in there right you haven't tried very hard i mean that's that's part of the deal you know you you mess up and you get, you learn from it and try to not do the same thing again. You yeah. Know, I, I always say that's the old deal about, they say,
1: you know, what is uh, experience? Experience is uh, learning that you screwed up and try not do it again. That's the point. Exactly. Yeah. Show yeah. me someone who hasn't made a mistake and that's someone who hasn't done anything.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, you, you've you got to try things, you know, go out on a limb a little bit. And, right. But mostly I think, you know, be yourself, do what you think's right you know which obviously now let me ask you i always want to know i mean you do all these celebrity interviews and things and been around the the top celebrities in america Mm -hmm. uh who are some of the ones you really enjoy and and have the had the most fun with you know that you could feel comfortable with
1: The, the absolute best and it's a bittersweet answer the absolute best celebrity that i've ever interviewed and he was the person you wanted and hoped he would be was robin williams is that right? Like, uh, I've been in situations where I got into the elevator on my way to interview him, when suddenly I hear, "Hold it!" and all of a sudden, Robin Williams jumps in and rides the elevator. Right, away. in fact, Essex Park Hotel—you probably stayed there with the Kings before Central Park South. Yeah, Essex sure. Park Hotel. Um, I mean, that first elevator, right when you walk into the lobby, and that situation took place. I'm on my way to interview him for. This was at the dawn of the internet, and he was starting a podcast himself mm-hmm. for Audible. And he was there to promote that. was going to interview him for it. So I'm, hold it! And Robin Williams jumps in. It's me and a couple and their small child. And the kid looks up. And I can tell the kid recognizes Robin Williams before anybody. Mm-hmm. And it just will not take his eyes. That's how I realized who it was because I looked at what the kid was looking at. And Robin Williams looks down at the kid and looks back forward. And everybody's being quiet and respectful. And then the door opens up on the third floor. And they're headed up to like the 20th floor. Um, the door opens up. And Robin Williams goes... And touched every single floor and jumped off and said, Have fun! and then ran off. (laughs) And that's gonna be always one of my favorite Robin Williams moments. uh, Oh, man. And I talked to him later. I I ended up interviewing him like just a couple hours later, talked Mm -hmm. to him about that. And you could hear joyous laughter from down the hallway. No one's in the room but Robin at the crew, and he's working the crew the Uh entire time. And then you get in and he's still on. What and then enough. you leave and you hear laughter all the way down the hall. Unbelievable talent, was him; I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah, so Maybe one just, of the best. You know, any other uh, yeah, um, good, bad, ugly? Sacramento's own Tom Hanks. Uh, oh, yeah. One of the best of the best. He doesn't offer himself up for interviews. Like some of the celebrities, I've probably interviewed Matt Damon 100 times in 10 years. Tom Hanks, two in 10 years. Doesn't offer himself up that often. But when you get him... He's the guy you would hope he would be. Just genuine, down-to-earth, funny, insightful. Um, I'd heard an urban myth that his very first professional acting job was playing Santa Claus in Sacramento. Really? Yeah, and he, he confirmed that, that he was a, a gangly 21-year-old, um, less than uh, impressive Santa Claus at a now-defunct strip mall on Watt Avenue.
0: Yeah, it's amazing, too, because, you know, you get an impression as a movie fan like I am, you know, of Tom Hanks, and you want to believe that he's a great guy because he seems like. Right, it. right, right. And then you, and you find that it's, it's nice to find out he's, he's who you thought he was. Yeah, he's absolutely and, that guy. You know, because I know with, you know, sometimes with athletes, some of them aren't who you thought they were, and some are, are just exactly. You know, yeah, I want to interview really, you. Who yeah. do you
1: hate? Who's been the biggest jerk you've ever dealt with through the years? No. You can't say,
0: can you? No, because you're still really, in the yeah. game. I mean, there's a there's a couple that were very difficult to be around, but but I can't say there's just terrible jerks. I mean, there's there's then there's the great guys, you know, the Francisco Garcia's sure. and, and Pages Stoyakovich's and I mean, it were just Eddie Johnson's, Mike Woodson, they were just pros, pros, easy to be around, Jimmy Less. Right, you right. Know, it has nothing you know, the thing I'd always say is it never has anything to do with how good they are. You know, some guys could be the twelfth man and be a great guy, and some might be a star and be a pain in the butt. You know. Yeah. You know, I mean, like Re- Reggie Theus. I really love Reggie. He, you know, he he was Reggie, and and I enjoyed him. Now I always say Reggie had the ability to break every play. Right. Because and so it would benefit him. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he was very smart, <laughs> even a little selfish. Right, right, right. But but you know the all the I always say people say well. If he's like did his teammates, I said they loved him. They just they just of those things, that's Reggie. Yeah. We well, you, you know, we know Reggie. You under have to understand him. Yeah and expect. That, that's just that's just who he is, you know. And I mean, now there's some guys that wouldn't have been able to pull it off, but he was such a likable person and and he was so gifted. You know, I mean, and that's the other part of it. He was really good. Right. So you have to afford you have to give him yeah, I always say, yeah, I, you know, I was say in probably like in any field, you know, there's, uh, you know, basically democracy is related to who's, how good you are. Right, you right. Know, I mean, everybody has to I always say every player on the team has to be willing to sacrifice something to fit in. The better you are, the you sacrifice the less. You know, if you're not right. very good, you better, you better find a way to be valuable, you know, just like it probably in any job. Yeah, pretty much. And a lot of the young people, I think, don't quite get that. You know, they think, well, you know, I'm, I should be treated like so-and-so has been there five years and is really a great salesman, but I, I'm here every day. Well, that don't cut it. You know, it's, it, are you selling as much?
1: I bet our jobs have been similar through the years because I, I've met so many rookie entertainers, so many rookie movie stars or on the way to being movie stars that were just absolute jerks that assumed that they were going to be there to stay. And then suddenly they don't work for five or six years. They come back in the circuit, and they're the kindest people in the world. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think everybody – I always said so many players. Most players need traded. I mean, you know, they come in the league, high or, draft picks. Right. Their third, second, Michael Jordan or whatever. Just
1: to take the gloss of immortality and, and the off of for the reality
0: settles in, and, and they – you know, once they get traded, then the reality settles in, and they, they've they got a chance to maybe find their way. I mean, but I think in almost in all cases uh, – you know, you can go through King's history, whether it's a Bobby Jackson or a Doug Christie that, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that maybe went through three or four teams before they really found themselves.
1: And then, they, of course, they were terrific, but but they needed that. And they'll tell you that. The closest I ever got to what you do, there was uh, one of the first times the Kings were really going the distance. This would have been about what, 2003? 2001, 2003. 2001, two. Uh, so it was all hands on deck. I was working for a station that covered the Kings. And so anybody, they, they were pulling in like the, the guy that washes cars, you go interview a King. They were getting everybody on deck and they assigned me to spend a day in the life of a Sacramento King. So I got assigned to Scott Pollard. Oh, Scott. Who, Boy, that would be a perfect fit, yeah. Love Scott. Hysterical. The best part, the best discussions I can't even share right now. There's probably an NDA no, that's no. been signed. But I will tell you this. It was a day in the life of Scott Pollard. So we literally, from 4 a.m. until midnight that night, we were with Scott Roll- Pollard, rolling with him every second of the day. And, and at least three stops, he stopped more. He ate way more fast food than you would expect a pro athlete to eat. Every time we would stop... He would get up to the, uh, the counter, can we take your order, please? And Scott would say, yeah, I'd like uh, a Whopper and a large order of fries and a vanilla shake. Um, and while you're at it, i like a chicken sandwich. And we thought, what a nice guy. He's ordering for us. He realizes <laughs> it's for him. Stuck with him for the day. Yeah. No, we didn't get a thing. <laughs> Five times we went through a drive-thru. For God's sake, just once we were hoping he would at least throw us a courtesy glass of water. Nothing. It was like we weren't there the entire day. God bless him. I love it. Oh, he's the funniest guy. I mean, and I, he, believe he, me, I would have starved. I would have gone with dehydration to hear some of the stories along the way. Yeah, I and mean, to be a fly I on mean, the wall. I mean,
0: he's one of those guys that uh, he enjoyed his career. That's for sure. You know, I, no kidding. He did I, not waste celebrity at I, all. I, I was just thinking about the food thing. I always remember working for uh, with Bill Russell for a number of years, and we'd go out to lunch, and it'd be the same kind of thing. He'd order oh, about seven, three or four entrees. You know, and so, yeah. And then, you know, take a bite of each one or something like that. And that's what, you know, growing up in Indiana, it's like you're wasting food. You know, the poor kids are. Yeah. You know, but but anyway, it's good to be a king. It's good to be a king, especially if you've got
1: unlimited expense accounts. Exactly. (laughs) It helps a lot. So can uh, I just point out for those that have been watching for a while, we didn't call to coordinate the fact that we were going to wear blues and light blue shirts.
0: Just great minds. Well, mediocre minds think alike, I guess.
1: Yeah. We look like an evening anchor team. <laughs> <laughs> How's the weather, Mark? Well, we have a high barometer. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Now, what
0: kind of music
1: do you like? I, I like all kinds of music. I
0: mean... you have any favorite uh, artist in particular that just, you know, overthrew your...
1: Life? Like right now, there's a, a 60s revival taking place right now with these groups like... Uh, I'm going to throw some names out. You may not have heard of Boy Pablo or Somersault, and they sound like the stuff that my parents and and aunts and uncles turned me onto when I was a little kid, like Beach like Beach Boys and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I'm into those bands right now. But growing up, Beatles, Beach Boys, Rolling Stones had a huge influence on oh. my life. Then later, I got into Top Forty radio. So pretty much anything that hit the Top Forty from 1982 to 1994. I'm a huge fan of, if it was in the top 10, I'm a huge fan of it. And I remember when, when my friends and and at clubs, we were all spinning hip hop, but you thought you'd never hear that on the radio. And then it started breaking through. You'd hear Rob Bass, Run DMC, Beastie Boys. Mm -hmm. And I remember like program directors saying, we're going to play this now, but it's just a fad. It's going away. And Mm -hmm. now it's the empire. So
0: like growing up in
1: Texas, so, uh,
0: was, was country part of, uh,
1: You know how you rebel against, you know, what's kind of going on and what's pushed on you? So it was, but that wasn't part of my scene. Yeah, the same way. You know, I I never really had any real interest
0: in country music. I have more now, you know, Chris Stapleton and Smooth as Tennessee
1: Whiskey or something like that is is great. And like right now, if you said Willie Nelson's here, he wants to get high with you. I would blow four years of sobriety right now just to say that I did that. Yeah. Well, Willie would want to do that. <laughs> Actually, you know what? They just came out. I hate to like go all newsy on you, but they just came out that Willie Nelson said he's no longer smoking marijuana. Oh,
0: really? Wow.
1: Consuming, nonetheless, but not smoking anymore. Well, I know he and uh, they had a thing with Don Nelson.
0: They li- lives in Hawaii. They all live in Hawaii. Yeah, they play yeah. A lot of poker together, and then Nelly was. Hey, that's what somebody asked him what he's doing. He said, well, mostly just smoking pot with Willie Nelson playing <laughs> play, playing poker. Sure. <laughs> so I guess you know, of course. If you're seventy-eight, nine. You ought to be able to do what you want to do, I guess. I just applaud that somebody can do that and play poker. Yeah, I do. I wonder sometimes, though. Uh, you know, quite honestly, some of the older artists like Willie. That at some point, you know, it's like an old a- athletes that uh, you know they, you know, the, the ship has sailed a little bit. You know, I mean, I you, right. You, you want to, you know, you 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 want to remember them like they were and their voice and everything, but it it's not there. It's not the same. And I, I just sometimes think that you know whether it's just you you know as a kid seeing Willie Mays stumble around in center field it wasn't a pleasant
1: thought. yeah you
0: know I mean you you most players I mean I always admired uh, Jerry West so much and he retired really on top he was still really good yeah so we could have played another year or two at a
1: high level with athletes there's definitely that shelf life I, I guess with entertainers it it just depends. Like you look at Ringo Starr and Paul McCartney. With no offense, if you go to see Ringo Starr, you go, ah, "I miss the way it used to be." But if you see Paul McCartney, yeah, he still,
0: sounds exactly the same. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. There, obviously, it's like anybody. Some there are, you know, athletes. There's a Tom Brady. There's a Drew Brees right, yeah, yeah. that can still be really good, if not terrific, in their forties. But uh, that's a rare, that's a rare one, you know. Or a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar could still be really terrific at 40 but sure uh, but most uh it slips away glory days glory days and of course i think that applies to all of us right you know i'm still waiting for the glory days but uh i'm sure you uh, haven't even hit your stride
1: yet. i haven't you know i'm saying not hit my stride i mean look at this studio i mean look at you did you ever in your wildest dreams think that you would be on the forefront of technology delivering a show the way the future is going to get everything on demand like this podcast in a studio as beautiful as this, all dedicated to you. Now, using my name is in forefront of
0: technology. I just learned to text about two years ago. So, <laughs> wow! So, so it's a slippery that, that slope. Was, that was a major step, you know. And I still, I always tell people, I'll text you back, but no more than five words. You know, <laughs> you know. That's why they have phones you could to actually call and talk on.
1: By the way. Well, you. you know, they get you in. Texting is kind of the gateway drug to the rest of technology. You're going to have your own TikTok channel, like within the next two weeks. I guarantee it. Do you TikTok yet? No. Somebody on staff, I guarantee you will thank me. You will thank me the day you start TikToking. Tick. Get into to. Will you guys, please? I'm begging you. You won't no. regret it. No. Trust no. me. Oh, TikTok. What is TikTok? I don't it's know. like Instagram on steroids. Well, that's a good reason not to be on TikTok. (laughs) All right. You you just wait. Maybe
0: it's going to happen, maybe not. But if it
1: happens, I'm taking credit for it. The the Jerry Reynolds TikTok.
0: So like in sports, uh, what? What sports do you you really like the most, or as a kid growing up, did you really want to participate in or follow it
1: or anything? Well, growing up in Odessa, Texas, you either played Permian High School football or you were nothing. So I just pretty much settled into being nothing. Being nothing, yeah. My brothers were great athletes, um, and so by the time I came along, whether it was junior high or high school, like PE coaches would go, are you sure you're Steve Stale's brother? Because you sure don't throw like Steve Stale. Uh Uh-huh. Are you sure are you, you're from the same gene pool as David Steele? Because my godson, a ball that you send in motion will never go where you intended it to go. So I opted to stay away from that. I do well at all like non-ball sports. I can snowboard, skateboard, wakeboard. Well, that, that's
0: pretty, that takes Hang a lot wide. of
1: athleticism
0: for those. I mean, no no
1: doubt. I, mean, I used to get the shit kicked out of me all the time by football players so I can run like no other. Had I applied to track, I would have been okay. I, I can have been out- track or cross country, might have been there for you, right? Maybe. I can outrun any Permian High School football player because I've tried it. But, I mean, do you
0: still follow football, of uh, NFL, college, college? Uh-
1: I, I do but I'm like one of those people that like I uh I'm fickle so mm-hmm. whatever team's doing well suddenly they're my favorite team admittedly yeah. I'm fickle Yeah well I'm that way too in
0: in NFL you know I'm a, I always say I am a front runner I don't deny that Right you know, I mean, I, my son and I became Chiefs fans in when we were in Kansas City for a number of years. Not, sure. Not, I followed them, but then once they go bad, then I, I, <laughs> exactly. I wash my hands of them. So you know, when they now they're good again, so right, I follow them, and now I've really got to f- enjoy the the Niners because they're terrific. You know, just yeah, yeah. Fun, fun to watch, and you know, but if they slide, I'll, yeah, you know turn on them like a dog you know
1: i'm the same way like yeah. i i left texas um i've lived in california most of, most of my life and i'm proud of it and people go you're from texas i go no i'm from california i was born in texas but if the dallas cowboys start doing well hey you know i'm from texas sure i worship that team oh, growing yeah, up yeah roger Staubach. yeah he was a he was a cowboy right yes he was okay just making <laughs> sure but i don't know my sports grade, that well yeah they're they're
0: first great uh Probably star Roger Stallbach. That
1: I world. should interview you. What are your favorite movies? Like, if what's the last movie you saw in theaters? God, I'm trying to think. Uh, it was probably Ballbusters, <laughs> <laughs> which is great, Ballbuster. <laughs> but. uh and by the way, if, if you missed Apparition was it, when it was in theaters, Apparition, the movie that Howard and I made with Mina Savar and Kevin Pollock, is now video on demand, Dish, Direct, Amazon Prime, yeah, that was Apple. A,
0: it that was very interesting, I thought. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I'd say probably, you know, Godfather, all, you know, Godfather 1 and 2 in particular were yeah, classics. Uh, Raging Bull. I thought that was De Niro at his best.
1: I love how you, you mentioned that because like right now as this airs, you know, we're in the middle of award season and Martin Scorsese with Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Yeah, the Irishman. I, I, that That's terrific. It's cleaning up. It's nominated already Critics Choice and Golden Globes. It's nominated for more awards than anything else. It's the front runner to win. And yeah. here's a guy when we talk about men of a certain age, people of a certain age. How great is it to see this generation celebrated?
0: Yeah, I always say that when you're all-time, you're gifted, you're gifted. You know, whether it's Brando and, uh, you know, in acting, I don't know that there's a cutoff. You know, Meryl Streep, uh, you know, I mean, uh,
1: Helen Mirren, they they still can carry a movie. I just saw Meryl uh, Streep, like, disappear. Greta Gerwig from Sacramento has a movie out called Little Women that's also going to be nominated for an Academy Award. And Meryl Streep's in that. I thought, how great is that? A girl from St. Francis, a young lady that grew up right here in Sacramento, is giving direction to Meryl Streep. I wonder, too, and I like the Academy Awards, would it? Is it possible to have
0: nominations? For for best actress without Meryl Streep being one of the nominations, <laughs> I don't know. That. I don't believe it is. No, there's a rule. There's a guideline. No, I think there is a rule. It's so locked you, in. You can the other four are open,
1: but the the, the you know she's got to be there. It's not the Oscars. Yeah. Well, plus, do you really want to be nominated? if Meryl Streep's not competing against you. Yeah. What would it mean? Right. You know you yeah it's it's obviously cheapened, but if she's there and you beat her, right. You know yeah. that's what Howard and I opened *Apparition* opposite *Star Wars* Episode Nine, and I said, "Yeah, we're going to get clobbered," but just to say we opened with *Star Wars*. Yeah, there you are. Well, actually, though, I've I'm, I'm kind of lost interest in the
0: Star Wars thing, to be truthful, you know I mean? Did you ever have interest oh, in the Star Wars? Oh, yeah. Oh, you did? Oh, oh okay. yeah. Yeah, I think it just slips sliding away a little bit. I mean, it's just like, how many Rambos can you do? How many? One too many, evidently. Yeah, I think so. Yeah? You know, I mean, I think, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, to each their own, it's just not something that... Uh, you know, interests me a little bit. It's a, even like the Game of Thrones. I just loved it, and then they just kind of sped it up and right it up. You know, I mean, it's like all of a sudden the dragon is might as well have been a, you know, he did more damage than a jet jet plane. You know, I mean, it's like, well, if he if he could have done that, why didn't you do that sooner? Someone should have figured that out. Yeah, yeah, it's like, hey, let's just we don't need all these thousands of men. We'll just uh, hey dragon go up there and just right.
1: It, in the city. The person that was in charge of that particular plot line was also in charge of keeping Starbucks cups off the set. And Is it didn't that, work out. You, did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, the big finale of Game of Thrones, some production assistant left a Starbucks cup oh, and it right? made it to air. Oh, wow. On the set.
0: Yeah, that's what you call a, a major flub. It happens. It happens, yeah.
1: Much like much of my career. Yeah. So what are your favorite celebrities? Is there any movie star? If you could meet any movie star that's working right now or ever, who would that be? Well, I actually did meet him. Probably my favorite, most of the time, was Jack Nicholson. You, you met
0: Jack Nicholson. Well, you know, I that, that's back when I was coaching. He was, and at that time, he'd go to all the Lakers. Yeah, games. always courtside. And uh, you know, I always remember him. But uh, we had a little short conversation, but it's kind of funny because he'd uh, I was in front of him or something like that, and he and he said something like, uh, "Hey, uh, hey, Jerry," he said, "Why don't you sit down?" And I said that. It's bad enough to pay whatever it was for these tickets to see uh, a bad basketball game and not be able to see it, and I said I told him I said yeah I know how you feel I, I just saw Pritzi's Honor, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he he laughed and then you know that's great. And then we had a couple little chat, you know, just a little thing like yeah, that. yeah, uh, and uh, and that was. You know, so, so, yeah, he came back at him. But I mean, I always respected him, not just for his acting ability, but, but uh, I mean, love basketball, very knowledgeable about basketball. And, yeah. Love of the Lakers, even though, you know, I detest the Lakers. But, uh, I didn't know that. Have you
1: been public about that before? Does everybody know you detest the Lakers?
0: Yeah. Yeah, they do. I, and I used to be a big Laker fan because I was a Jerry West fan mm. until I got in the NBA. And then I saw the error of my ways. Right. You know that they are the enemy, even though they may not know they are our enemy, but they are the enemy because they're the Lakers. They're in L.A. They got all the advantages. It's our California cousin. Yeah, which brings me to another issue. I I don't know what your thought. You know, have you ever thought? And I know most people don't. The Warriors are call themselves the Golden State Warriors. Right now, how is that? The Clippers. Are in the same state? Yeah, the Lakers are in the same state. Right, the Kings are in the same state. How do they get Golden State? How do they get the whole state? And why aren't they the? Why weren't they the Oakland Warriors when right next door was the Oakland A's and the Oakland Raiders? What's the deal with that? I'm pretty offended by it. If I'm if I was in Oakland, I'd be pretty offended by it. Now they're going to now they're the Golden State Warriors going back to San Francisco. Right. Do you have blue eyes, by the way?
1: I think they're kind of blue-green. But that blue makes them pop. And the reason I tell you that is because Howard's over there laughing because I accidentally whipped out a Seinfeld just a minute ago. And anytime I wear blue goes, Howard says, you know, that blue makes your eyes pop. And he's making fun of me because I did an interview with Seinfeld one time where he gave me shit from beginning to end because I was wearing a blue shirt. Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld, now that would be fun, huh? He goes, you knew what you were doing. At some point, someone told you that you look good in that, and now you wear it every day. Yeah, actually, my I think it was my daughter who told me that. <laughs> so, that's just, that's they great. do make your eyes pop, yeah. Jerry. She didn't say I look good, but
0: I look better than usual, I think is the, the exact thing.
1: <laughs> so, daughter, so you a know, compliment. I mean, so, yeah, you, you take that. as. But, I mean, Jerry Seinfeld, come on. I mean, he was great. I, I interviewed him, and they said, you know, Mark uh, is from Sacramento. He goes, Sacramento. Laughs Unlimited, in the old sack. And I said, that's right. He goes, I was depressed about that. He goes, I used to play in that. I think, this is the best you can do, the old sack. Come on, kids. Let's load up the station wagon and go see the old sack. <laughs> the best you can do in Sacramento is a tourist attraction that sounds like elderly genitalia. <laughs> Great. And I used to play a club there called Laughs Unlimited. And as I recall, the laughs were quite limited. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good recall because he used to play, you know, he and like that entire generation of comics, Leno, Shanling, Seinfeld, they used to play Last Unlimited because they would work out material and they would be playing the bigger clubs in San Francisco. But if it worked in San Francisco, that was almost a guarantee it was going to work for Middle America when they played The Tonight Show. Oh. So they would drive over to Sacramento to test out material test that was out. more Middle America
0: worthy. That That's amazing. I mean, what a marvelous career he's had. I, I always said, too, you know, with Seinfeld and Leno, some of those guys that, you know, their comedy was based, you know, on on real wit and funny lines, not necessarily vulgarity and body parts. And yeah, it was and, more
1: situational.
0: Yeah. You know where I mean, I, I get a I love Bill Burr and and Ron White guys like that, but, right. but obviously their their slants uh, go a lot of different directions, you know, like uh, some many comedians.
1: But uh yeah, I love comedy like music. I love it all, like anything that's well, that's I think, sticking yeah, to me. It's like like sports if you're you
0: know anything that's really good, you know, right? If if it's really they're talented, you know, talent sells. I think, you know, I mean, I think like say that's with uh, you know. People always say sometimes we're doing games of, with the Kings and the Kings weren't very good. And they say, well, how, how can you enjoy I say, well, I enjoy it because I love basketball and if, and I love seeing it played well. I would prefer it's played well by the Kings. Yeah, yeah. But I can appreciate it if it's the other guys. Of course, talent is talent. Talent is talent. You know, and I mean, I think that's like, say, with, with movies, and, you know, with, with terrific acting and stories and all that that kind of stay with you. You know, I mean that—that's uh, pretty meaningful.
1: That's right. So. I, I got to be honest. I don't know if you've been able to tell, but I've been incredibly intimidated being out here with you because you're a sports guy. I've never played a sport well in my entire life. Um, yet I appreciate your talent. You are one of the best of the best at what you do. Well, thank you. And I, So to be out here with you is a great honor. Well, I mean, I, mean
0: I feel the same way. I
1: mean, I, I open oh, the log, Jerry.
0: I no, I've always, I mean, I've always wished I could. You know, I think most people wish they could do things that other people do well, you know, I mean, it's like I've always just admired, you know, people that are good at what they do, whether it's singers, you know, that you see singers that they're, they are they're talented. You know, you just think, yeah, oh, I wish I could do that. You know, I wish I could, you know, rouse a crowd like, you know, I always say when I was a kid, I didn't really like Elvis Presley. Now you go back and and some of his work
1: you know, I think, wow, he was great. Yeah, whatever that something was, that magic. He had that it. yeah. A you know, he had it. You and you got it in spades. Oh, yeah, well. Where do you see your performance in Ballbuster? In theaters later this year. I,
0: I, I don't think there's going to be any doubt that that'll open up a lot
1: of... A lot of a lot of uh, opportunities for yeah, you? you know,
0: I may be too big to talk to you and Howard after that. Exactly. After it really opens up. Meryl know. Streep's going to be saying, get me Jerry get Reynolds. Me Jerry. And uh, I'll say, Meryl, wait a minute. You know, get in line. All right. Get in line. So... Did it? (laughs) Sorry. So I don't know. We probably kind of
1: went over here, haven't we? Oh, they're going to cut it. This is the best four minute interview you've ever done by the time we get. through, Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah there'll be a
0: little, little, a little. Uh, there's a blurb of Jerry and Marquez. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the way I cut down my Tommy Lee Jones. You asked me who my favorites are, my least favorite. And I love the guy's work. He deserves every award and accolade possibly. But Tommy Lee Jones is pretty much any character you've ever seen him play. Yeah, yeah. He's that guy. He's and back. so my interviews with the reason I bring it up, my interviews with Tommy Lee Jones, they always give me more time than I need. They end up being, hey, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. That's pretty much what really? they had it down uh-huh. to. Uh-huh.
0: boy you he, trim the Talk about a guy that's gotten craggly looking, you know, what a good looking guy he was when he was young. And I mean, now, you know, he definitely more than shows his age. I he, think. he just he looks a
1: lot more Tommy Lee Jones every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he is Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> All right, so I hope to see you at the big world premiere of Ballbuster. It opens you, in theaters everywhere this year. You will. Thanks you will. for hanging out. Well, thank, well, Thanks thank for me you be for here. coming
0: here. It's a real honor. And obviously, I know other fans out there, everybody knew who you were. Now they know more about you.
1: Well, I did it just because I wanted to, I mean, to say that I actually shared some screen time with you. This is a great honor. And also thanks to McCreary's for the five rows of theatrical seating that they're giving me in exchange for this appearance. You guys are the best. (laughs) Man, man, no shame, does he? No shame. (laughs) Trying, trying to work it. Thank you. And uh... Jerry Reynolds, thanks for having me.
0: That blue makes your eyes pop. Woo! Hey, guys, I really hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did. My team and I are trying hard to bring you the best interviews with some really great folks here locally. I need to ask you a big favor. If you can just take a moment to rate, review and subscribe, that will help us out a ton. If you go to thejerryrentalshow.com, you can fill in those five blank stars and leave a quick review. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.